And let's stand together and let's open our Bibles together to Psalm 46. Psalm 46. I want to talk about the atmosphere of our spirits tonight. Psalm 46, 1 says this, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God. The holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The nations rage. The kingdoms totter. He utters his voice. The earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come, behold the works of the Lord. How he's brought desolations on the earth. He makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Father, we thank you for your word and this great song of David. We thank you for it and pray that it would be used tonight to inform us of faith, of hope, of thankfulness in our spirits, we pray. Stir those things in us in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, throughout the year, there are times that are, are marked for us. Some of them are just simple, simply uh, cultural, uh, national celebrations, things like July 4th or Memorial Day or Labor Day. Others have more, others have really strong spiritual uh, meaning to them, like Easter and Christmas that we celebrate. And then you have Thanksgiving, which is a, a cultural celebration, but it has a biblical uh, revelation in it about how we're supposed to act and feel, and it, it is about being thankful to God. And uh, tonight I want to challenge us that these kind of moments remind us to examine our heart and what dwells in our heart. To really kind of give some analysis to ourselves, And to ask what kind of a spirit, what kind of an atmosphere resonates in my spirit day by day, moment by moment. There are certain attributes and certain characteristics that are supposed to be a part of the nature of the believer. And one of those characteristics is not gloom and doom. Uh, one of those characteristics is thanksgiving. Now, I'm, I'm not talking about making, uh, you know, a daily Facebook post in the month of November about something for which you're thankful. That's, that's great. If you're into that, enjoy it. Or even a time on Thanksgiving when everybody in your family states something that they're thankful for or glad for. No, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not talking about just doing some of that. I'm talking about the day in, day out atmosphere of your spirit. What reigns in your spirit? Faith or doubt? Joy or worry? What reigns in your spirit? 
What's the, your spirit like most of the time? How would people describe you and how do you feel and sense your spirit as you walk through every day? If we could open it up and take a look at it, would it be cold or warm? Would it be stormy or peaceful? Would it be dark most of the time? Or most of the time is it filled with light? Now, we may have a storm every now and then. We may have some days where we're seeking God to help us. But what's the general atmosphere of your spirit? What does it say? You see, it's not only the outside actions of man that God wants to change. He wants to change us from the actions of our life that are sin-based. But he also is interested in the inside of us. That's so evident in the fruit of the Spirit and how he transforms the very nature of who we are into something different. Now, there is some discipline involved here. There's some, a little bit of this idea of, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going to make up my mind uh, to not be, you know, whatever, gloomy or, you know, I'm not going to, I'm going to start smiling a little bit more and being happier. I'm going to, there's a little bit of self-discipline that goes with that. But the reality is, is that the transformation where we really begin to be formed in the inner man that affects the outer man happens by the power of his presence in us. Again, that's very clear when Paul writes about the fruit of the Spirit. The evidence that the presence of God is in us is this fruit that grows in us that is about the inner man. Now this happens as we invite his presence into our lives, as we listen to him, as we grow in him, when we begin to do that, when we begin to listen to him and grow in him and invite his presence into our lives, and I, I'm talking about more than just doing it, doing that on Sunday morning when we come in and worship together and more than just when we come in a couple of times a week and kind of praise God together, but on, a, on an ongoing daily basis, we sit at his gates, we open the door of our heart, we invite him to move in our spirit and touch our hearts. And as we listen to him and as we grow in him, what he does is he changes our inner being. We begin to see the world differently. It, it's similar to having a charismatic friend or relative that when they show up at your Thanksgiving celebration, uh, it brightens the whole party. They're just full of life, and they're full of energy, and because they're there, people laugh more, they enjoy themselves more, it's a better day, and it's great that they're there. But it's deeper than that, because the Spirit not only changes the atmosphere of the party, but the presence of God begins to permeate the very walls of the building. The house itself gets changed by the presence of God. There's joy in his presence. There is life in his presence. 
And what many people are missing is this daily walk in the presence of God. David the shepherd had discovered this transformation. He would write, as a deer panteth for the water, so my soul longeth after thee. He's saying, my soul needs this touch of God. He would say, clap your hands, all ye people. Shout, with a, shout unto God with a voice of triumph. He would write in Psalm 40, he drew me up from the pit of destruction, out of the miry bog, and he set my feet up on a rock, making my steps secure. Listen to verse 3. He put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in God. He's saying, look, God lifted me up out of what I was. He transformed me. He changed me. And not only did he put my feet on a rock, but he put, he, he put this new song in my spirit. My spirit got changed. And because my spirit is changed, others are going to see that and put their trust in him. Sometimes the worst advertising for the church uh, is the spirit of some Christians when it's really supposed to be the best advertising for the kingdom of God. What is the atmosphere, the ongoing, day in, day out, natural tendency of your heart? Is it filled with the recognition of God's work and his presence in your life? Again, this is not a discipline. This isn't so, okay, I'm getting up, I'm going to put on a smile and be happy and be joyful. No, no, no. This is about the presence of God that David knew he needed, that his soul longed for and cried out for. Does your soul need the presence of God? I would tell you we need the presence of God every day. We need his presence with us. Psalm 46, we're not... We're not sure exactly the circumstances around David's writing this psalm. Uh, I love this psalm because of the imagery that is in, in it, but we don't know whether this was written in the time when he was fleeing from Saul or maybe he was already king and there was an army that was coming that they were going to have to face and it seemed overwhelming or if some other thing was going on. Well, what we do know about this psalm is it became a standard song for the people of Israel every time there was really big trouble. Every time individually they had trouble or the corporately they had trouble, this was a song that they went to. And what we know today is that we can learn great lessons about our spiritual conflict from the Psalms. When he's talking about the enemy, we now see this a little differently than an army coming against it. We see the enemy coming against us. And David wrote in this psalm, he said, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. What he's talking about in this, you know, this is, there's three verses of this song. They all end with, end with Selah. You'll see it if you, if you read your Bible, each verse of this song. And David is talking about his world being shaken. He's talking about the very ground that he stands on, giving way. That all of a sudden the foundation of life 
is falling out from under him and all the things he hoped for and believed for are being threatened. Can we relate to that? There are times in life when things begin to happen and our life gets shaken. He talks about the mountains being thrown into the sea and, and this, this, is, this is imagery that's really important for him because for, for David, the mountains were a place of safety. That's where he ran to hide from Saul. That's where he found the caves to go get into. And now the mountains are gone and he has no place to run for safety. And he says, listen, even when my ground is shaking, even when my places of refuge are are taken from me, God is my refuge. He says he is the place that we can run to. Oh, when we learn that lesson, life gets a lot simpler. When we learn that in the deepest, darkest trials of our life that God is close and we can talk to him, it says he is a, it's not just that he is present a little bit, but that he is ever present. Not that he's close by, not that we have to go into the other room or across the street or down to the church to find him. He is ever present with you. He's there. Just waiting. And here, here's what. And he is our, not only is my refuge, he's my strength. So in the middle of this trial, in the middle of this breaking of my life, or whatever may be going on, the loss, the sickness, the trial at work, the, the roughness of, of a relationship, the disappointment of what's happened in, someone, in, in, some, in someone's reaction to us, he says, here is where you get strength. We get our strength from him, from his presence, from him being with us. Friends, this is why our, our, prayer, our, our personal prayer time is so important. When the world is caving in, when everything seems to be lost, he is our refuge, he's our strength because of the presence of God. In verse 4 it says, There is a river whose streams Make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. Uh, He was probably talking about Jerusalem and where the temple was at. But we know today that the habitation of the Lord isn't in Jerusalem anymore. That, That curtain has been torn down and the habitation of God is with us. Jesus has made a way for us to be the holy habitation of God. Where God's presence would be with us. So at the, at, when, when the Samaritan woman at the well and Jesus have their conversation and they are, they are talking and he asks her to get water and they have this discussion about why is he even talking to her and he says to her, if you knew who I was, you would ask me for living water. Water that if you drank of it, you would never thirst again. This is the living river of God, the presence of God in our life that becomes a living presence in us that gives us strength through every trial. See, this whole thing is about the presence of God. We can have this this time when we make our appointment with him and we begin to seek him. When we begin to come into that time with our appointment with God and say, God, I I need your presence in my life, and you begin to seek him, you acknowledge who he is, you recognize who he is, which is what goes on in verse 10, where God now begins to speak, and he says to us, be still 
and know that I'm God. Okay, you're worried. Armies are coming. Feels like the earth is giving way. Feels like your place of refuge has fled away. Will we, we just, just calm down a minute? Will you just stop for a second and remember that I am God? He says, I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. He's saying, my will is going to be done in all this. I'm going to be here with you. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. God says, be still and know that I am God. When we take time in our prayer time to hallow his name, to honor and praise his name for who he is in our prayer time, when we in our prayer time take time to say, I'm just going to wait and I'm going to invite God. God, I'm just going to invite you into my life. In the time of trial, God, I'm going to invite you to come be my strength. I'm going to invite you to move in my spirit. When we, when we become still, And all of these things, we begin to see God. We begin to sense his presence. We begin to understand that he is with us. That we don't need to run a thousand other places. In times of trouble, in times of overwhelming circumstances, the people of Israel would sing the song of David. It reminded them that God was in their life and they invited him into their circumstances. When we do this, when we learn to live this way, the atmosphere of our spirits begin to change. We begin to see the world differently. And we begin to attack the issues of our life differently. Martin Luther was inspired by this, this psalm. And, and he, he, he wrote, a, he wrote a, a song about it. It's, some of the wording's a little outdated. But the truth of the song is still there. He wrote these words. A mighty fortress is our God. A bulwark, solid wall like a solid wall built for defense, a bulwark never failing. Our helper, he amid the flood of mortal ills prevailing. For still our ancient foe does seek to work us woe. Do you get it? The enemy's still trying to work us. Well, his craft and power are great, and he's armed with cruel hate. On earth is not his equal. Verse 2, did we in our own strength confide? Our striving would be losing. Were not the right man on our side, the man of God's own choosing. Thus ask thou who that may be, Christ Jesus, it is he. Lord Sabbath, everlasting God, all-powerful God. His name from age to age, the same, and he must win the battle. All through this world with devils filled, should threaten to undo us. We will not fear, for God hath willed his truth to triumph through us. The prince of darkness, grim, we tremble not for him. His rage we can endure, for lo, his doom is sure. One little word shall fell him.
This is the great promise of God is that his presence will never be failed. This is something to be thankful for, folks. This builds us as we mature in our faith, as we grow in our faith, as, not as we just learn more about God, but we begin to walk in the presence of God. As we begin to pray, as we begin to invite him into our life, as we begin to look at who he is and look at what all he's done, he's our righteousness, he's our provider, he's our victory, all the things, he's our father, all the things that he is, then we walk and we thank him for those things. It changes from this knowledge about God as we wait upon him, as we seek him, the Bible promises. What does it promise? If you seek him, what's going to happen? You're going to find him. You're going to find him. And listen, you're never going to run out of things to find out about him. You're never going to run into boredom with him. You're never going to run into something he's overwhelmed with. You're going to run into the fullness of who he is. Tonight, uh, I'm going to invite you to stand, and we're going we're to sing that song that Martin Luther wrote. Uh, and I, I want you just to let the words sink into your heart today. Through him, we will triumph. Amen? Are you thankful for that? I am.